Good evening. Again, I think uh, I'm changing course here. Uh, So that scripture was for another lesson I was going to preach, but it fits perfectly with what I want us to look at for just a couple of moments tonight. Many of you received the Lehman Learner, and through that started during the pandemic. It was a way to kind of keep uh, in touch, and it's just a little snippet of Bible study that we are doing each and every day. Right now we're in 2 Kings, and it is a study that can be very confusing, that is the period of the divided kingdom, because you're jumping back and forth in 2 Kings from one kingdom to another, and I'll talk more about that in a moment. When you get to First and Second Chronicles, the focus is more on the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judah, which is the kingdom through which Jesus was going to come. The verses that Dawson read so well a moment ago are from the first reign of the first king, at the end of his reign, that is the reign of Saul, Saul the Benjamite, who was the first king to sit on the throne of Israel. You may remember, if you go back in time, that God gave Abraham two promises. He said, I'm going to make of you a great nation, and from your seed, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. And that's going to come about through his descendants. You remember that he has Isaac, and Isaac has twins, Jacob and Esau. God renames Jacob Israel. God is moving toward fulfilling that promise. There are going to be some detours along the way. Ultimately, Moses is God's selected leader to take them into the promised land. But, but there's faithlessness in that generation. And so Joshua takes them in. They conquer the land that God has promised to Abraham. They don't do it fully. They leave some of the enemies. They don't exterminate them like God says. And they become a thorn in their side. In that period of the judges, about 300, 325 years, there's no physical earthly king in Israel. And so the people are uh, united, if you will, through selected deliverers that we call judges. But ultimately, in Samuel's reign as a judge, he also is serving his priests. The people see his sons and they're not living righteously. And so the people say because of this, and by the way, because... The nations around us all have a king. We want a king as well. So God gives it to them. For about 120 years, the kingdom is united. In that united kingdom, you have the reigns of Saul and then David. And then in Solomon's reign, even though he's so wise and there's such material bounty and they build the temple, Solomon is turned away after his foreign wives' gods. And as a result of this, God is going to take action. He tells Uh, through a prophet that the kingdom is going to be torn away from him. And yet, because of his father David, there was going to be tribes left to him. And so in the next generation, Jeroboam and Rehoboam fight over the kingdom. Rehoboam, Solomon's son, foolishly listens to the counsel of his peers and the kingdom is divided over a tax problem. The northern kingdom goes with Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. And in their about 200-year history, they have 19 kings, and not one of them is righteous. Now, it's so bad that Jeroboam, his influence is such that every king after him, it is said as part of their legacy that they sinned after the sin of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who caused Israel to sin. There was another wicked king in Israel by the name of Ahab. He was so wicked, the Bible says that there was no king before him more wicked than him. And his wickedness not only affected the northern kingdom, 
But it even influenced the southern kingdom, which was called Judah after the biggest tribe, David's tribe, and the tribe through which Jesus would eventually come. There's going to be one more wicked king so bad that God is going to destroy Israel because of how wicked that he is. But in Judah, there are a few righteous kings. And you'll see them pop up along the way. There's Jehoshaphat, there's Asa. And then there's the period that we looked at in this morning's Lehman Learner. I, I had a chance to kind of ruminate and think over it. And I want to give you something better that I wrote in the, the Learner this morning. When you get to a man by the name of Joash, we learn a lot about what has taken place and what he does. When we read about Joash, we see a man who was rescued from death. His sister, by the name of Jehusheba, hides him. From Athaliah, his grandmother. You see, after Ahaziah, uh, which was Joash's father, is put to death by Jehu, the king of Israel, there's a wholesale extermination. Athaliah is the only female to serve in the double kingdom, period. She tries to kill all the royal offspring, but you have Jehusheba and her husband, Jehoiada, who hide Joash. It's interesting, Athaliah was so wicked that they were able to hide him for seven years in the house of the Lord. At the age of seven, with him having enough age to do so, uh, Jehoiada, the high priest, says, we're going to coronate him king. And so Joash is named king, and Athaliah is put to death. And we read about his reign in 2 Kings chapter 12 and 2 Chronicles chapter 24. To me, it's one of the most interesting reigns of the double kingdom. There are three things I think that we can learn from Joash in his reign. Three that I want to share with you very quickly. Number one, we must be strong apart from our good influences. If you read through the 40-year reign of Joash, you'll find that as long as Jehoiada, the high priest, the one who had hid him and saved him, the one who influenced him and who served as his counselor as long as he was alive, Joash was a righteous king. But Jehoiada dies. And after Jehoiada dies... Joash is a different man. You know, the assemblies serve as an important way for us to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24. But when we leave this circle of influence, we go out on our own during this week to the places that we go and the things that we do. God wants us to be strong apart from our good influences. Paul would describe it in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 through 27, as a race that we're running and a fight that we're in. And we've got to discipline our body and keep it under control so that in the end we'll receive what's been promised. A second thing that we learn from Joash in this particular study in 2 Kings 12 and 2 Chronicles 24 is that we must focus on more than the externals. The externals are easy to focus on because that's what we can see. And when you look at Joash's reign, 40 years in its length, for over half of that, do you know what Joash is involved in? Most of 2 Kings 12, most of 2 Chronicles 24 is this lengthy repair project of the temple. The temple's been around now for 100 years. And because of the, the reigns of Ahaziah and of Athaliah, they have, they have pillaged the temple and they have disrepaired it to go into the house of Baal. Now Joash is saying, we need to rebuild God's temple. And though that's a noble aim, after Jehoiada dies, we see what's really on the inside of Joash. For all of that emphasis on the externals, on their Old Testament building, they were not paying attention to their heart. Joash wasn't. 
Because we find out what happens after this. It says that there were certain officials, royal officials of Judah, and as they come along, they turn his heart immediately away from God. And you know what they do? They immediately abandon the temple, and they go and they worship the Baals, the Asherim, and the idols. It's so bad that God sends prophets to them, and the Bible says that those prophets come to them, and they don't listen It gets so bad. There's an event that takes place. It's one of the few events in the double kingdom that Jesus references. Zechariah is one of the prophets who speaks. And he says, because of what you've done, God is going to take vengeance on you. You need to do what's right. You need to return to the Lord. And those royal officials and Joash stone him to death in the temple. You know, for all that Joash emphasized on the outside, there were some things going on inside of him that came out that showed that he needed a greater emphasis on his heart. It's so easy for us to get things right on the outside, but God has always wanted his people to serve him from the inside out. Remember what Jesus says in Matthew 15, 8 and 9, dealing with some of the religious leaders of the day. He says, this people honors me with their lips and draws near unto me with their mouths, but their heart is far away from me. God wants us right from the inside out. And then the last thing I think we can learn from Joash is that we don't just need a good beginning. We need a good ending. If you look at 2 Kings 12 and verse 2, it's a qualified statement. But what's said there is that Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. If you have your Bible turned there, you'll find that it says, in the days that Jehoiada was his counselor. A great beginning. But do you know what it says in 2 Chronicles 24, 24, near the end of his reign? It says that he, along with the officials of Judah, forsook the Lord. Man, a good beginning is important. I think anybody would say that we need to serve the Lord from the dawn of life all the way to the end of life. We need to give God our heart, our lives in the days of our youth. Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 1. But you know what's equally important, in fact more important? It's making a good ending. In Matthew 10 and verse 22, Jesus says, It is the one that endures to the end that will be saved. In 2 Peter chapter 2, Peter speaks of some who had uh, left the pollutions of this world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They had made such a good beginning. Paul speaks to the church at Galatia. He says, you have begun so well. Who has induced you from a good ending? You know, as we have, as I look out at the crowd tonight, so many of us have already made that good beginning. But let's keep in mind that God wants us to be faithful to the very end. There's so many things that come along in life that can trip us up and make us turn from the righteousness that we have escaped, we have escaped into from the world. Joash, an obscure, somewhat lesser known king, and yet he gives us such great counsel through his life of what not to do and how we ourselves need to be those who are good because we are building a relationship with God. If nobody else was faithful that we would be faithful. That not only that, as we look into our lives, we realize that we need to do the right things on the outside. But let's serve him from the inside out. And let's not just begin well. Let's end well. It may be tonight that this invitation is your invitation and you need to respond. If so, we would encourage you to do so right now as together we stand and sing this song.